Hey, and welcome to the Get Richer Teacher podcast. My name is Ola, and I'll be your guide and mentor on your way to realizing your potential as an educator. If the title of the podcast is triggering, that's even better, because that means that I still have some work to do. My mission is to help teachers work independently and believe that they deserve more freedom and more money. As a teacher, you are allowed to work with your perfect students rather than some random people challenging how much you charge and asking why so much. If you're ready to become a richer teacher, build and scale an independent teaching business that can support your dreams and your lifestyle, then you're in the right place. The world knows that teachers are superheroes. Let's get paid what we're worth, shall we? Hey everyone, um, today, uh, tomorrow actually, there is Valentine's Day, so I don't know if the topic of today's podcast is exactly appropriate, because we're actually going to talk about breaking up, breaking up with a client, with a student, because you know, sometimes it's absolutely necessary, and I feel like if you really want to have some sparkling love stories with your students, metaphorically obviously, sometimes breakups are absolutely necessary. So I came up with the idea for this podcast episode while talking to a few of my clients, as always, they give me the best ideas. And um, some of those stories were, you know, quite sad. Some of them made me think, oh, there's definitely something that we can do or the teachers can do when students... um are not the right people to work with. And there were some really heartwarming stories of how a breakup ended up in more opportunities and like being much more empowered in their independence teaching, independent teaching businesses. So let me start with some reasons why you might want to or have to, um, break up with a student. Um, I feel like it all starts with, why and how you approach finding clients. So if you approach finding clients with that thought of, oh, I could work with anybody because I've been trained to work with anybody, then you're more likely to be quite desperate or just not see that you're allowed not to accept to work with everybody. So if you have a history of working with kind of like anybody and everybody at any age, any level and any needs, then it is probably more likely that among those people, there are people that you don't actually want to work with. And there might be different reasons why that might be the case. One of them might be just um, because you don't feel like you're actually helping this person. So maybe it's not your zone of genius. Maybe it's not your expertise to be working with someone who wants support in business English, let's say. Or maybe you actually don't enjoy working with kids. And that was actually the case of one of my clients. So at some point she realized, hey, I accepted this because, um, you know, the mom was so nice. She really asked me, she really was willing to pay and quite a lot. She didn't bat an eyelid on the price. So I just said yes. And then it turned out that even the money wasn't able to um, like kind of made her feel better, good about it. The lessons, she felt like they were dragging. She felt like the the lessons with with those kids were 
occupying more mental space than any other thing during her working week. So that was one of the signs, the resentment, the resentment that she felt while working with with those kids. So ask yourself, do you feel resentful towards working with someone? Because it shouldn't feel like that. And I'm not saying that it will always be perfect, that you will always be in love and excited about every lesson with your with your student. But I notice those patterns, even when working with teachers. There are sometimes moments when I'm like, ah, oh, I feel like this person isn't really putting an effort, like every meeting is is like a bit like a drag. Um, so that's one of the signs that I spot and then I can anticipate that this might turn into a bit of a resentment towards that client. So it's not necessary um it's not necessary to immediately break up with them but start noticing the patterns because it can end up uh, in feeling really really bad. And again, it could be for a variety of reasons because you can't help them or because you don't enjoy doing what they um what what like kind of what they need, um, whether it is uh, because of their age or because of uh, their life situation, their level even. So where are you with that? Another reason might be simply because they are not a good client. So they either are late with payments or they always reschedule or they just don't respect your boundaries, whether they are money boundaries or time boundaries. And I feel like this might be one of the biggest things that teachers often let slide. Um, while the money situation and people not paying might seem like, oh yeah, I need to do something about it. The time. So for example, a person rescheduling classes on the regular. So you end up basically having a slot reserved in the week for that person, but then they constantly, something comes up and they can't uh, come to that meeting, it is extremely frustrating. But it's not only frustrating, it's also a complete lack of respect towards you, what you do, and your time. Because your time is valuable. And imagine what you could do if you didn't have to step spend time worrying about whether this person will be able to make it this week, whether this person will come to class, because maybe they missed the class and didn't even inform you. That's probably the worst case scenario. What could you do with the time that you um, reserved for that person in the week? And I understand that if somebody doesn't show up, you can do something instead. But let's be honest now. Have you ever been in a situation where something has been cancelled or somebody didn't show up to something and you were able to use that time productively? I haven't had many of those situations because to be honest, it usually ends up in feeling disappointed, having to kind of like get out of this feeling and only then maybe trying to do something. And actually it's forced. It's never planned. So I'm not saying you have to rigidly plan all, all day and every day of your work. But I feel like we feel more resentful towards that time than um, grateful that it's been given to us. And very often, and that's also something that clients have been telling me, that even if somebody cancels or doesn't show up to a lesson, they feel so relieved because they've been on such a massive hamster wheel of working with people for too many hours a week that this time, this hour or an hour and a half that they now have because somebody canceled last minute 
or somebody uh, didn't show up is like, oh my God, the only time they can breathe. So maybe what if we actually planned breathing space into our weeks um, so that we don't have to experience those situations? Because if you feel relieved that somebody cancels, then it either means that you work too much or they are not the right person. So I want you to start thinking about it. Um, And there are probably a variety of other reasons, like, you know, sometimes you might have grown out of a client. That's also something I discussed with a cl- with with a teacher client recently. Maybe you've been teaching them for years and that's very often the case, right? We teach people for years because they need that support. They need quite a lot of um time to get to the level that they want or maybe the goals have never been set. So think about it. Maybe you've started working with a student but it's never been clear what they actually want to achieve. So you don't know where you're going. So it feels like, are they even making progress? You don't have any kind of anchoring point to compare it to. So it becomes really hard to see, oh, are we actually doing something here or are they paying me for my time? And I feel that's a digression, but I feel like very often teachers see their time as the most valuable resource. And that's why they are so much more willing to charge by the hour because they think, oh, those people pay me for my time. They shouldn't be paying you for your time. They should be paying you for results. So this is also another good question to ask yourself. Have you outgrown a person? Because for many reasons, maybe they need something else now. Maybe they were never really committed and you just like them. And this is where we're coming to a very, to another important point. A lot of people, a lot of teachers I speak with, they totally are, they are totally aware of the fact that they probably should break up with a, with a student, but they're afraid. Why are they afraid? It's usually about feelings, feelings of attachment, feelings of not wanting to hurt somebody, feelings that, but this is not actually a horrible person. It's not, I like working with them, but this is still not enough. If something in your gut is telling you, I don't really fully enjoy working with this person, I don't really feel like I'm helping this person, then it's your responsibility to say, hey, this relationship between me and my client, me and my students should be serving both of us. It should be a win-win. I always say that. It only is a good working relationship if it serves both sides. And that's not to say that I've never been in a situation with a student or with a teacher client where it was like a win-win for both sides. Sometimes there is lots of imbalance. and But that's why I also don't work in like very long programs. I have packages, um, but, you know, coaching has this, um, I would say it's, it's much more um, doable to uh for for a person to actually buy a package of coaching sessions rather than uh, rather than it is with lessons because i don't think a person can mu- make much general linguistic progress in i don't know 7 weeks 8 weeks or or even 10 weeks it's usually a longer process so you really need to think about whether you are actually helping this person So again, if something in your gut is telling you that something is wrong here, but you like this student, you feel responsible, just challenge that. 
Challenge that because if it's not serving you, it will probably never serve you. So I know how hard it is, but it is a bit of a taking off a plaster situation. It's going to hurt. It is. And acknowledge that it's going to hurt you. It's going to probably, in a way, hurt this client, but you can do things to make it easier. So here is where we're arriving at the point of this episode, how to actually break up. Because the fact that you should uh, in certain situations, and feel free to message me and, and, and tell me about the situations where you felt like you had to or wanted to break up with a client, but you didn't know how to or do or ended up not doing so because of those negative feelings and if, and being afraid how they they were going to react. Because it's really valuable to me because I can only guess how most of you feel. I've heard so many stories now, but I feel like there are some ways that you can make this transition, this change um, a little bit smoother. So one thing is acknowledging that it is going to be difficult. That's it. I feel like when you step into that situation with an awareness that it's not something that everybody does every day, okay? Then preparing yourself for whatever backlash you have. So whether it is somebody saying, no, I want to keep you. I want to keep you. I really, really like, like working with you. But if you've decided that you don't want to work with them, you have to stick to that um to that decision. So sometimes it might be like, obviously do, do not go into a spiral of thinking about it, but try and think of scenarios of what that person might say. So the better prepared you are with, and the more assertive you are in this situation, the less likely it is that there will be any pushback. Because, you know, this person, the student, they are also allowed to feel feelings and are also allowed to be upset about it. So expecting that it will be easy and that it will be just the matter of saying to them, um, I'm sorry, we can't work together anymore, even though we've worked together for two years and them saying, oh, okay, is really unrealistic. They are most likely going to say something that will trigger you. So prepare for that. Anticipate, right? Maybe even write down what you're going to say if that helps. I probably wouldn't. I would take it sim- um, very spontaneously, but I also don't know what people might say. Um, and in that situation, you can prepare and say things like, I am really, really sorry. I really, so, you know, you may have heard of the, of the sandwich when you have to give somebody bad news, but you pack it with something positive at the beginning and at the end. And I think it's a really useful strategy here. So you would say something nice and then, the actual news of breaking up with them, and then something nice again. So it might sound like, I really enjoyed working with you. It's been an incredible time. Uh, But, and here, I would be super honest about the reason why. So whether it is, I don't think this relationship works for both of us. I don't think that my time is being respected, or I don't think that I'm the right teacher for you. And you might, but remember, it's not your responsibility to find a replacement. You can, or not find a replacement, but give an alternative. So I do, you can say, I do have some, uh, someone to recommend if you wanted to continue your studies, but I'm afraid I won't be able to do uh, that for you. And again, I wanted to tell you that you, I'm really proud of the progress that you have made, but, um, um, and I wish you all the best um in your future studies and that's it 
So the sandwich will just make this landing much softer. And then it's up to you. You don't have to frantically look for people. You can post in a Facebook group saying, so, hey guys, if you know any teachers, um, teachers Facebook group, like for example, mine, all my paying clients um, have access to a Facebook group where there are tons of posts like that. So people... Um, whether they come across a an ad or somebody asks them for help, but they can't help this person, so they look for somebody else. So it's actually um, it's actually a very good group in terms of like finding extra work. Um, so if you have a group of stu- uh, other teachers that you know, and you can say, "Hey, I've got this student. I don't want to continue working with them, but they're a good students. So if somebody wants to take them over, uh, I can give you the details." But remember, it's not your responsibility. So you can kind of show the goodwill, but you don't have to remember. And also, if they the student have been an asshole, also be honest about it. Like you don't have to say to the student, hey, you've been an asshole, but you don't have to recommend someone. It's about boundaries. It's about, hey, you are responsible for setting them and you are responsible for what kind of energy is in your life and in your professional um, work. Because um, imagine that you stay in a situation that you feel with every fiber of your being that is toxic, it is going to influence everything else. And that's, again, the story of my client who didn't really enjoy teaching those kids. But she said yes, because there were so many benefits. Like the money was good. The mom was great. They really, they didn't really care what she would do in the lessons. So she had all the freedom, but she didn't enjoy it. And it affected all the other work she did because she kept thinking about, oh my God, what am I going to do with them? It was just draining emotionally. So this is a good reason enough to break with, break up with someone. Um, um, so as I said, the sandwich is a good idea and also being honest um about the reasons why you why you want to break up with someone doesn't mean that you have to give them a lecture doesn't mean that you have to tell them but i think that you should change because then you're risking that they will say oh i'm so sorry i didn't realize it affected you so much i'll 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 change my behavior if you're willing to accept their offer to change the behavior you can but remember again you don't have to Okay, if you make a firm decision to break up with them and then they try and sway you, you don't have to agree to that. So remember that the more prepared you are with like anticipation of different scenarios. And again, it's not about overthinking. It's not about getting anxious about it. It's about anticipation of what people, how people can react to such news. Um is going to be helpful because then you can be in much more control of how you, you're actually going to react to their counterargument. So if you want to continue, but you just want them to change their behavior, go for it. But if you see like, even if you, if you feel inside you that even if they change their behavior, you don't really want to work with them. It's also fine to say, no, I'm sorry, but no. So, and finally, um, and I have to admit, I don't know ethically if it's 
if it's a hundred percent the right thing to do, but I feel it's justified because I feel like sometimes people are so pushy that you can't really do anything about it rather than to give them a bit of a white lie. So I have been in situations where I was very honest about not wanting to work with someone, but I felt like they weren't really buying it. They weren't really uh, accepting it. And I felt like it was costing me too much energy to explain. So I just said, I'm sorry, but I have a new engagement. I'm sorry, but I have something else going on. So even though I didn't, but you know, on the other hand, I did. I just wanted my piece, <laughs> which is another engagement and it's as important. Um, so that they would just leave me alone. And remember, it's okay to tell people things so that they just leave you alone. Because again, it is up to you. You don't have to. And I know it's easy to get swayed, but, um, it's, it's your responsibility again. And finally, I wanted to tell you about the beautiful outcomes that can kind of show up in your teaching, in your life, in your business, when you actually make those difficult decisions. They are super difficult, but most people who have made those decisions come out on, came out on the other side much stronger. They felt like sending the email, telling the student, was one of the most difficult things they did. But on the other uh, side, on the other hand, and afterwards, it gave them so much confidence that, hey, I can actually do it. I'm in control. It's not the client who decides how I work, with whom I work, and when I work. It's me who decides. So it empowers you. That's one. Number two, the other uh, client of mine said that they were like, oh my God, I feel like I've got twice as much space. So it's not just about that that hour that actually was spent teaching that person that they really didn't enjoy teaching. They said, oh my God, I it opened up space in my head. It opened up space for creativity because she wasn't even aware how much it affected your her mental load because it is and sometimes it's a small thing and it's like oh but it's the money I'm desperate and I understand that it might it is a valid reason it is a valid reason but think about it from the other perspective if you if there is a person who really drains your energy they are probably also blocking your ideas capacity and ability to do other money-making activities. I always say that sometimes all you need to do is actually contract a bit to then expand. So contracting would be, okay, I'm going to risk for a tiny bit that I'm making less, but I'm going to work with people that I genuinely enjoy, right? Which will then open up space in your head your creativity, to have ideas for courses, groups, things that you can do to actually make money because you will feel much better in your life, much more in control. And believe me, this has happened to me many times. So that contractions, contraction that then um, turns into expansion. It is a magical thing. Um, but I, I honestly wish upon you um, that you experience it at least once. Alrighty. And finally, sometimes it's not even about the fact that you have to break up with the client. Maybe they have just never been suited 
to be a one-to-one client because I've mainly been speaking about one-to-one clients. Obviously, you might want to break up with a client who works with you in a group, but very often, and I feel like the majority of cases of the teachers that I worked with, they were one-to-one clients and it just cost them lots of energy. Um or money sometimes, if they weren't paying. Um, So one other solution might be um, organizing groups. It might be that this person is not suited to be a one-to-one client. So I, I wonder if you've ever thought about that. And I wonder if you've heard about my workshop. Because, well, you know, sometimes the situation might be as hard as, no, I can't really imagine working with that person. But sometimes maybe it's about changing the pattern. Maybe it's about changing the dynamics. Maybe this person would thrive in a group setting, actually, which from my experience as a teacher and teacher trainer has been very, very much often um, the case. So if you've thought about organizing group classes, but um, have been a bit overwhelmed or have not known how to do it, then I wanted to invite you to my new workshop. My new workshop on the 25th of February called Groupify Your Classes is exactly on that, on learning how to organize, manage and promote your group classes in your freelance teaching business. It might be a, an actual vi- viable solution to problems with one-to-one uh, clients. It's also so much less exhausting to teach groups. If you haven't had any experience teaching groups, um, it might be daunting at the beginning. And that's okay. That's totally fine. But I really, really recommend that you try it at least once. Because it is very often the case of, hey, people actually start communicating with each other. They learn from each other. The pressure is taken off of you as the teacher, as the provider, as the the most important person in that room. You just become the facilitator. And it's actually quite beautiful. So if that sounds appealing, if you would want to learn how to uh, organize group classes, you are invited. Um, the link to the workshop is going to be underneath the podcast. It's www.olakowalska.com forward slash groups. So the the workshop costs £49, which is not a lot for the value that I'll be sharing with you. The workshop would last for about two hours, including a Q&A, and you can submit questions beforehand um, because I really, really want you to benefit from it and learn how to do, how to organize it, how to, how to enjoy your teaching maybe more or how to take back control. Um, so I really hope that this has been helpful and that I'll see you in the workshop. If you have any questions, as always, please message me on Instagram. Love hearing from you. Rate, subscribe to the podcast that helps me reach more people. And that's it. I'll see you in the next episode next week. It's not your fault that you don't know how to make good money as a teacher or how to market your teaching. Nobody's ever taught you, but I'm on a mission to change that. Teachers make the world a better place and they can be excellent at business. They just need direction. That's what I'm giving you here and on my YouTube channel under the same name. 
Make sure that you also follow me on Instagram at hola underscore coaches underscore teachers and check out my website www.olakowalska.com to see if any of my paid offers, including my one-to-one coaching, my business foundation course, The Rocket, or my membership for teachers in business could be the right fit for you. I'll see you soon in the next episode.